Oh God, this is my first. Well, this is my first dangerously unprepared in my thirties. Yeah, it is. Oh, happy birthday. Hello and welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. I am Simon, and joining me, as ever, are Kyrie. Oh, hi! Sorry, I, I, I looked over at the Twitch thing and I saw your face. <laughs> yes, really yes that's my face. <laughs> cool! Hi, Simon! Hi, Kyrie! You can't see me, but I'm waving. I, I wave back and you won't see it for a few seconds. And Jack. I'm here too. Now I'm just waiting for Kyrie to react to being waved to. <laughs> I'm just giggling and <laughs> I'm now waving at the screen, but again, you can't see that. One day I'm going to have to work out how to get you guys on video on the screen at the same time, like in picture-in-picture windows. Yeah. No, you don't want to do that. (laughs) I love the difference in reaction there. I had a feeling it would go that way. (laughs) Wait, an opportunity to become the center of attention? Fuck yes. (laughs) No, it means I have to put clothes back on. Well, that's that's... put an image in my mind that I can't (laughs) remove for the rest of the episode. Thank you for that. It's Uh... not often that the bumper happens after the introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one might get clipped out, used as a bumper, and then happen again in the show. That's too good to not use. So how Um, are you both? uh, It'd be funny if it was true. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, How how are you coping with being in your 30s, Kyrie? I'm using a slow cooker for the first time. That really? seems to be a really good in your thirties thing to do, but also, given that it's you, I'm surprised it's for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like taking my time over cooking, but I like micromanaging it and and being at the oven the whole time and being with the pot and stirring it and 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 doing all that jazz with a with a podcast on in the background. That like, makes sense. Just yeah. The process of cooking. Yeah, I love I love cooking and slow cooker is a genius idea because everything I cook takes hours anyway. <laughs> um but I just sort of put all the ingredients in a bowl and then I press on and then I just leave it for a day and I'm like oh, this this is cool but it's, I don't know. And then it's ready. Yeah. That's how that's how Alex makes his um pulled pork. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm making a gumbo. I'm not surprised you're making a gumbo. I no, I, I'm I, not at all surprised do, you're making I a do, gumbo. I do one thing really, really well. <laughs> and that Actually, is true. You know what? You know what? I don't just do the one thing. I do gumbo. I do jambalaya. I that, do chicken creole. There, there not, is a common thread to these things. There I've is. Your, I've not had your chicken creole, but I've had your jambalaya oh, and ch- your gumbo. Chicken creole. So. It's basically, it, it, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's good. Do you like hot sauce? Yes. Right, okay, it's basically just chicken and vegetables in hot sauce. I am grossly, like, exaggerating how simplified it is, but basically (laughs) it. I'm not a fan of hot sauce, so I shall avoid. You can just go for the gumbo and the jambalaya. Indeed. Although I can't can't make a a family claim to it anymore, because the Louisiana branch of my family have moved out of Louisiana. Ah. They are now Floridians. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's that's a dangerous thing to have a family connection to, right? It's just now it's just like a matter of time until Florida man ends up marrying into my family. <laughs> I was just thinking much the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Florida man, oh. Florida man is a legend. 
Indeed. A terrifying I legend. I saw actually something legendarily Floridian the other day, which really impressed me. Go on. Which, uh, it was a small video clip of there's a guy swimming in the river slash swamp slash something and his mate on the bank. Yeah. And his mate sees an alligator coming up behind his friend. Mm-hmm. So he leaps over his mate and elbow drops the alligator. <laughs> and immediately someone's like, oh, no, this is on Snopes. It's fake. And I was like, oh, that's really disappointing. But then I looked at the Snopes article and it got better. It oh. is fake. That wasn't a real alligator. It right. was a prank being played on both of them. They did not know it was not a real alligator. Oh. So no animals were harmed in the making of this video, but someone did learn how fucking ride or die their friend was. <laughs> that he amazing. would elbow drop an alligator for him. <laughs> wow. Which okay, is now, pretty boss ass. And now we've got to ask, would you guys elbow drop an alligator for me? A small one. <laughs> hi, hi, Caden. I don't know um, if you're audible from over there, but you're very audible to me. A little bit. I'd probably elbow drop you for the alligator. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I'd yeah. definitely do that, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd save an alligator from you. Speaking of which, I, I do you remember our old curse, Because you'd Simon? be trying to put it in a jambalaya. Yes. Oh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I do remember our old curse, and I've been reading Facebook. I know where this is going. Yeah, so like our old How curse of whenever we would you. mention a celebrity. Right, this is the weird thing, right? Because I... I I was on my Tumblr, and, and 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 Rowan sent me a thing that had a picture of Jim Neidhart in it, because it was like an old video thing of, of him and uh, Natty Neidhart. Oh, was this the going out skit? Yeah, Which right? is so good. It is. That's brilliant. And I was like, oh, cool, yeah, um, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. And I was like, wait, was he the... I was there thinking, was he the one that did the really, really racist thing that got, like, mentioned on Glow? parodied on Glow, like, was wrestling someone and decided the best way to, to go out and get heat was to dress as a clansman. Mm. And I'm what? like, I'm fairly certain that was a member of the Hart Foundation. I couldn't remember whether it was Jim the Anvil Neidhart or whether it was uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. It was Greg um, Valentine, wasn't it? And I, it may very well be because I couldn't find anything about it because I basically I googled Jim Neidhart and it was like, what you know was a professional re- a Canadian mm, professional mm, wrestler. Mm. I was like, oh shit, he died. I didn't realize. I thought he was still alive. And then I looked at it, and all the news things were like, Jim Neidhart dies at sixty three, two hours ago. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, that's ooh. Yeah, you killed Jim Neidhart. I killed Jim the Anvil Neidhart because that's how the curse works. Yeah, but it does mean because I was literally for reasons that mm-hmm. may or may not become clear in the future. Watching uh, Survivor Series '97. Oh yes, yeah. And of course, uh, the Heart Foundation have a match. Well, not the Team Heart Canada. Foundation, but Team Canada, which is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Uh, against Team USA, and I was sat there going, "He's dead now. He's dead now. He's dead now. He's dead now." It's and oh, yeah. Team Canada were ahead by one living member, and now the scores are even. Now it's a tie, yeah. Yeah. It's also someone. Someone literally posted up a picture of the Hart Foundation, and it was, uh, yeah, Jim Jim Neidhart, Owen Hart, um, oh, uh, Brian Pillman. I forget who the other person was. Davy Boy. Davy Davy Boy and Brett, and it was just, but they were all in black and white except Brett. And yeah, because like, oh, he's Jesus. the only one left. That's so. Oh. Also, hi to CJW Gaming in the chat. Hello. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Uh, so, yeah, that was sad news. 
Yeah. Like, especially coming on the back of just having watched him work in Survivor Series. And just going, oh man, all these all good, like, oh, this is great. And then, oh yeah, I forgot the inexorable march of time. Yeah, that, it, that's that'll it. happen See, more now that you're, you know, old. Oh, stop reminding me. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm approaching forty. I'm just relishing in this ability to tell someone else they're old. I'm just I'm just gonna appreciate for the next uh, two years or so where Rowan and I can can be in the same decade hey, um, together. Shh, shh, noisy cat. I am suspecting that Zoe has gone for a lie down because Caden does uh, this. Whenever she goes for a lie down, when whenever Zoe is in bed is the right time to be in bed and he has to inform me of this, that I am <laughs> still up when I shouldn't be, so he will come and scream at me. Because it is your bedtime. It is, apparently, according to the cat. Dad, 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 why are you not in bed yet? Yeah, that basically. So, uh, other than dead wrestlers, do we have any more cheerful news since last recording? I've had a birthday. You have many happy returns. Thank you. Person. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You just 30, 30 is the new 20. That is true. But I, oh man, being 20 was shit. Like no one is allowed uh, to grow up anymore. We remain children forever. It's fine. I mean, yeah. that I can, that I can definitely deal with. <laughs> I'm I'm seeing the world with new eyes and 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 fumbling around trying to figure shit out once again. But that's a, that's an entirely unrelated thing. <laughs> yeah, who was it made the comparison I saw on Twitter that being at this stage in my life is like that point in an RPG where you've started to get a handle on how the game works and you look at your character sheet and realize you've built your character completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that feels a lot like my life. Yeah, it's like it, it, yeah, it's like playing a shitload of like old World of Darkness, and then going, "Wait, I put all these dots in appearance. That does nothing." <laughs> yeah, but you have to be beautiful. You mean yeah, you can be beautiful, but like it literally does nothing. <laughs> no disciplines, gifts, spells, anything work off of appearance. No, but a lot of social interaction does. I mean, I guess, but you could easily use charisma or manipulation. You could. Yes. And if you're smart enough, you can definitely talk your storyteller into letting you use charisma or manipulation. That is very true, because if you can do that, you inherently have the charisma and manipulation to do it. Exactly. That, that's how it works, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that there is such a thing as a useless stat in, in Old World of Darkness, but I mean, there's a reason it never made it into New World of Darkness. That's fair. There were a couple of those, though, weren't there? I mean... Uh... Yeah, I guess that like they they retweaked the 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 mental stats. They retweaked everything really except physical stats because it's kind of hard to split that out any further. Mm. Role play game. Role playing That's games. Tonight's episode. No, no way. No, no, it no, isn't. it's not. Hello, wife. <laughs> Hello. How about you, Jack? You got up to anything since our last um, recording? Well, since our last recording, I have gone from 70 hours plus Nino Kuni 2 to 90 hours plus Nino Kuni 2. Jesus fucking Christ. I know. I've, I have finished the game. And then they released DLC with more stuff to do. Yeah, literally like the day after we <laughs> recorded, it was like, hey, who's the, here's all this new content we've put in it. And because a lot of it is like, go do this thing, I'm like, I've already done this thing. Here's the quest result. <laughs> Although now I've got to a point where it's like I have to go and fight one of the uh, kingdom's leaders again, and he is really fucking hard this time round. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm going to come back later when I've grinded you out a bit more. Uh, other than that, I've uh, seen two films this week. Oh, what have you seen? I saw... Oh, I saw one film from the Marvel camp, one film from the DC camp. So that would be Ant-Man and the Wasp, I guess. Yes. And uh, Teen Titans? Yes. Yeah. Wait, Teen Titans is out? Yeah. Came out Friday. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I had no idea. Right, Kyrie will now be leaving the podcast to go and watch <laughs> I mean, Teen Titans. <laughs> great, great job on the marketing there, fuckers. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, yeah, it came it out without a... even a whisper. Yeah, yeah, like this is the one that they that they had the really, really terrible trailer for, right? Uh, no, no, that's a TV show. No, called oh, Titans. Okay. This is Teen yeah. Titans Go. Oh, to go to the movies. Yes. Right, yes. okay, okay. No, then I'm not. Th- okay, never mind. Ignore me. No, Titans yes. is a TV show. Yes, that's right. the ter- that's the terrible trailer one. Whereas uh, of the two franchises, DC won out of these two. I mean, it it was Ant Man that was. Yeah, it's not really a fair fight. But I liked Ant Man, and I like Ant Man and Wasp. You also have to consider that this is an animated DC movie. Now, those do tend to be that much better true. than their live action films. That is yeah. true. I mean. There's a lot. Teen Titans Go gets a lot of flack. It does, but I like it. Because of how much it changed from the original. Yeah. I also like it. Go see this film, Simon. I will do. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I went with. It was a. With, it was me e, and Evie and Alex. And. I laughed so much in this film. It's got so many references just to DC and the grander scale, as well as Marvel stuff. Um. It's got a great cameo in it. Okay. And uh, and we've been waiting d- decades now for, for Nicolas Cage to play Superman. Yes! <laughs> and finally we get it. I didn't even realise it, to be perfectly honest, I didn't realise it was him into the credits. I was ah, like, that's beautiful. I was, I was watching the credits and they're like, da-da-da, Superman, Nicolas Cage. It's like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage! <gasps> it was Nicolas Cage! <laughs> so <laughs> Nicolas Cage finally gets to live his dream. Finally got to be soups. <laughs> oh, I'm I, so glad for him. I... I hope, I hope to God that uh, Kevin Smith saw the announcement of his casting and was just like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you maniacs, you did it. I mean, I think Teen Titans Go is the only context in which you can cast Nicolas Cage as Superman and not have yeah. it be a disaster. Yeah. Funny enough, I- one, of, one of those voice actors that I was searching for earlier when I was having this, this thing of... Uh, I've, the earlier conversation we were having when I was Googling those voice actors mm. and uh, Carrie Payton, who I will always remember as the voice of Aqualad in, in um, Young Justice, but is also the voice of Cyborg in like pretty much anything Teen Titans y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> we were looking at, at uh, his sort of voice casting and I was like, oh no, he's now cancelled forever. He is the voice of Zack from Dead or Alive. Oh no. <laughs> and and now it's just like oh god I'm never going to be able to like watch Cyborg in anything now without just <laughs> yeah one of the most annoying noises in video games <laughs> woohoo <laughs> but yeah um, yeah go see it I mean even if you're not a big fan big fan of Teen Titans Go it's still a good film and Will Arnett is the villain 
And I didn't realise he was a producer for it as well. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. It's like, Will Arnett has weirdly been growing on me recently. He seems to have mm. just stopped what he was doing and started making like stuff he wants to do. And all what he Will wants Arnett? to do has changed. Mm. Who is Will Arnett? Who is Will you, Arnett? Yeah. Bojack uh, Horseman. Yes. Oh, cool. Lego Batman. Gotcha. Uh, okay. God Bluth from Arrested Development. Yes. Never saw it. Okay. Seen, see, he he see. is so much and so much. He, okay, yeah, cool. he does a lot. Um, but it's like I didn't get on with his early stuff. No. Hayden, you really need to stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then around about the time he did Bojack, he just sort of took a turn in his career, and now I really like everything he does. Cool. He's a um, phenomenal voice actor. He, he really is. gets into his roles, and him as Slade is just, it's a perfect casting. No. And yeah, it, it's, no. it's, it's, Caden. No. Oh, no. Catfight. Oh. Not that. Catfight! Oh. My cat is attacking the lighting. Oh, <laughs> oh, apparently Revy has found the catnip in the garden. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, speaking also of like of, of the DC universe and, and casting and things like that, mm. Batwoman. Yeah. yeah. We're getting, well, I mean, I don't know if we've got mentioned the last time, but we are finally getting a, we're getting a Batwoman TV series, which is cool. Um, yeah, we are. Uh, I have, as, as you might be able to tell from the sort of sigh yeah. uh, <laughs> opinions about this one. <laughs> Uh, I, my first one is just a case of, well, this show probably won't be for me because I'm not a big fan of Ruby Rose as an actress. I don't think I've seen her in anything. Fair enough. Uh, she is probably her most acty acting role because she's, she's traditionally a model. Um, right. But she got picked up on Orange is the New Black to play a character. And okay. that's where I saw her. And to be fair, it was like her first big acting job. She may have improved, but I thought she did a competent job but, but not, not enough to sort of carry a series no I, she didn't mm. strike me as leading lady material yeah she's also in the meg at the moment um okay. <laughs> I, I think so and she was in some action movie that i've not seen but you know not a huge amount of credits but john a very recognizable face oh yeah in john she wick in- too she wasn't too bad but her character was mute so oh uh, god you can't okay. judge a lot Alexander cage Resident Evil, the final chapter, Pitch Perfect 3. She's going to be in John Wick 3. That's cool. Again, probably as a mute. Yep. Uh, And like my biggest problem with this isn't necessarily the casting of Ruby Rose, where I'm like, okay, more power to you. She's a recognizable face. She'll probably get an audience. I can see why Mm. you've cast her, but not to my taste. Yeah. Uh, Is the fact that they're doing Batwoman. Now... I'm a huge Batwoman fan, so... Yeah, you would, this is what sort of surprises yeah, me. Yeah, you would think I'd be like, yes, go, do it. However, over on Supergirl, which is a CW hmm. show that I actually really enjoy, you have the character of Alex Danvers, uh, Kara's sister, who is uh, redheaded. Christian? Oh, no, no, sorry, yeah. Uh, she is a highly trained DEO agent. She is a lesbian. She even had a relationship with Maggie Sawyer. Now, they took 
um, Jimmy in that show and made him the Guardian. But they're bringing a Batwoman into the universe when they've already got one. Yeah. And it really, really bugs me that now everything that's special about Alex Danvers' character, played by Kyla Lee, who is better than the CW deserve, she's a great actress, and she I've, I, knocks it out yeah, of the park I've, in that show. I've only seen her in the sort of the crossover episodes because we've gone through mm. um, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and she's fucking fantastic. She's amazing. And like I said, better than the CW deserve. Mm. And now they're taking everything that's special about her character. And if they go with the classic Kate Kane from the comics, well, you've got a redhead lesbian DEO agent who dates Maggie Sawyer. That's all of Alex's traits, really. Uh, it, it undercuts the character and stops her being special. Unless, because the CW, like, uh, is, it, is it still called like the Arrowverse? It is. Like it shouldn't be, yeah. but it is. Um, until they come up with something better. Um, it is predicated on the whole multiverse and the, the 52 worlds thing, isn't it? So they, I mean, they, yes and no. Have... Uh, Supergirl is set in a separate universe than Flash and Arrow, and yeah. Legends kind of doesn't count because it bounces around time and space anyway. And they've gone to different Earths in that one. They've, they've spoken about the 52 Earth thing yeah. in, um, in Legends. But it's not really something that's sort of central to the shows, apart from when they need to cross over and get Supergirl into the same universe. Yeah, so I'm wondering I if guess it's plausible that she could be in the Arrow slash Flash universe, and Alex remains in the Supergirl universe. But yeah. still, to it's taking something I, away from that character either way. I absolutely agree. Like it, it, it is kind of a weird thing to do. Like you could, she could have literally just had a spin-off series. Yeah, she really, um, really could. Or been Batwoman in Supergirl. Like, yeah, why not do a World's Finest show? Oh my god, so we get, like, what, Huntress in there? Oh, no, World's Finest was traditionally oh. Batman and Superman working together whenever they did a, a two-hander. It was called oh, World's yeah, Finest sorry. Comics. But then in uh, recent years, they did a Batwoman um, and Supergirl uh, team-up that was then? World's there was, Finest. There was, a, there was, I remember there was a team that was... No, Batgirl was and Supergirl, sorry, it was World's Finest. Ah, uh, okay, because I, I remember there was Huntress, and I think it was Power Girl was the other one. There was a... Did they have like a duet comic or something? They like that? did, but yeah. I seem to remember that was called something as original as Power Girl and Huntress. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but they, they definitely did have a team up. I remember that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm probably still going to watch it. I, I will. Uh, I'll give it a chance yeah. for sure because Kate Kane, Batwoman, I'm a big fan. I have to see how it turns out one way or the other. I'm just yeah. the, the ingredients don't look appealing on their own, but hey, the chefs mm. might make something out of it. I've yeah, not I, seen any DC TV at all, so... I'd recommend I them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've only seen... To, I've only seen Legends um, and, the, and the crossover episodes of things, so now I'm going to... We're now going to start on Supergirl. Mm. Um, Supergirl is... Yeah. It's kind of a masochistic enterprise to watch Supergirl at the moment. Yeah, because, like, you, you love the characters, but... Like, well, not all the characters. Not all the and, characters. Uh, the yeah. first season was really, 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 really good. Like, the best thing CW have ever done. Mm. Then, well, it wasn't CW at the time, that's why. Uh, then the show wasn't picked up by, I think it was CBS had it. Uh, yeah. And the CW, uh, CW bought it and moved uh, production to Vancouver because that's where they make all of the Arrowverse shows. Yeah. Uh, and that was fine for pretty much everyone because most of the cast were... You know, um, 
Supergirl cast first and were happy to move and continue doing that. But yeah. they did lose Callista Flockhart, who was playing Cat Grant. She didn't do the relocation, and you lost um, Supergirl's mentor, essentially, which ah. really hurt the show. And then they brought in Monel, who, oh, God, he's just yeah. like, he's, <laughs> he's had multiple chances to die on the way to his home planet, like Poochie, and has so far <laughs> failed every single time and persisted in staying alive. And it's really depressing. Like, he has left more than once. Like, he has gone home and mm. left Earth more than once. And he keeps coming back and going, oh, yeah, one more thing. And he's like, please <laughs> Mate, just go. Like- Leaving, leaving the atmosphere, like leaving gravitational pull, it's fucking hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, apart from Monel, it's fantastic. Uh, like yeah. Kyla Lee holds that show together a lot. Melissa Benoit as Supergirl is adorable because she is. I've loved her in the crossover stuff. She's so optimistic and bouncy and fun most of the time. And this is what I like about CW's interpretation of the DC comics. The characters, with the possible exception of Oliver Queen. <laughs> enjoy being heroes. Yeah. They they really enjoy it. Like Flash is so optimistic and cheerful. Supergirl is so optimistic and cheerful. They are such brightly colored comic book shows. Um and and even Legends which is it's trying to be less of a like a comic book adaptation show and is more just a sort of sci-fi series. Well, you say that, but the Legends I mean, of Tomorrow are straight out of the comics. Oh, absolutely, but like it it's sort of it, I'm trying to think of the way to sort of the best way to put it. It, it is kind of, uh, I, I don't, I, it, it's less about the, like the heroics and whatnot. And it is more this kind of weird ensemble sci-fi show. Um, but I think that's only because I, I'm very not familiar. I think the most, the character I'm most familiar with in, in uh, legends from a, from a comic perspective is Atom. And really not Captain Cold. Not Captain Cold, okay. weirdly. Like, I mean, I didn't read a lot of Flash. Oh, so. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you've got Atom, Captain Cold, uh, Firestorm was in it. Yep. Um, I believe uh, he's left now. White Canary yep. is there, isn't she? White White Canary is sort of the the captain of the ship at the moment. Okay, cool. White Canary. Yes, White Canary, Black Canary's sister. Oh, okay. Former former uh, League of Shadows. Um, very. I, oh, I fucking love. I love Miss Lance. She is amazing. Yep. Um, Anyone else knocking uh, around on that show? Uh, Heatwave. Heatwave, of course. Yes. Oh, who the I counterpart to Captain Cold. Yeah. In every Dominic way. Dominic Purcell is amazing. He like, is. I love his performance as Heatwave. Like him and, and um, oh, I keep fucking forgetting his name now. Uh, the guy who plays Captain Cold. Um, yeah. They were, oh. they were both in Prison Break. Yes, they were. And I can't remember his name either, but he's yeah. he's so good. Like he cannot say a single line without looking down his nose at someone. <laughs> it's very even true. If he is, even if he's lower down than they are, he will find a way to look down even his nose Even if it's like them. leaning his spine back so that he'll yeah. look uh, down his nose upward. He's, and he purrs. He does. He purrs every line. And, and Dominic Purcell grunts every line. <laughs> Most of his dialogue is just him going, <gasps> it's... Oh, I fucking love them so much. And Hawkgirl was Wentworth in it, Miller. but she's left. Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller. Yes, uh, Hawkgirl was in the first first season. Um, but we've had like people turn up here and there from like the greater DC and Vertigo yep. uh, things. So we've had uh, Jonah Hex has turned up. Oh, cool. Got, huh. it, it's turned up a couple of times. Because um, Legends is the one, like, I want to watch it, 
but we've never got around to it. Like I, I I've I watched enough Arrow it, yeah. to know I don't want to watch it. Um, mm, same because, like, I love some of the supporting cast around Oliver Queen, but the way they've done Arrow as a character mm. just makes me go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I can um, watch low budget Batman whenever I want. I, I'm not into it. <laughs> I got I got really confused around about season two when they introduced Steel as a recurring character, mm. but it's not John Henry. No, it's the other DC Steel. Yes. <laughs> so I got really confused. I was like, oh wait, this white guy is playing Steel. That's not good. And then I went, oh, it's it's a different different Steel. Yes, okay, yes, right. there are multiple okay. Steels. It's fine. Um and oh, and who else has turned? Um fucking uh. Oh, I've forgotten his name now. The 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 wizard from from the north, Vertigo, magician, Constantine. Oh yes. Oh oh yes. I get right. where you, where you're going with that. Yes. I yes. Wizard right. is not the word I'd choose to describe him, but I guess you're right. Is he a wizard? He is a I, wizard. I guess he's pretty wizardy. Yeah, he is pretty yeah. wizardy. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you're right, but. Yeah, not the first word that comes. Like, I think wizard. I think Doctor Strange. Yeah. I think Northern Bastard. I think Constantine. I mean, <laughs> also, I mean, villain wise as well. Grodd has turned up. Grodd's been uh, in Flash as well. Yeah, uh, Damien Dark. Uh, uh, Va- Vandal Savage is the the like the um, primary villain. The primary villain for season yeah. one. Um, season two, you get. Um, I always get mixed up between Anti Flash, Reverse Flash. Uh, all that jazz. It's what it's one of the the evil speedsters. Yeah. Which color is the suit? Uh, yellow. Zoom. Okay. Zoom. Yeah. Ah. And season three gives us mostly uh, oh, fucking. It's some sort of demon of time. Seems like it's mostly just stealing flashes, villains. Because <laughs> um, pretty much they, they, Zoom yeah, and they... Grod were both sort of arc antagonists oh, in Flash Grod, as well. Grod, Grod is only, Grod is only like part of the sec- sort of second half of the third series where it's basically just dealing with um, time pockets opening up and mm. people from various eras of history falling into other pockets of history. So Grodd initially ends up in Vietnam during the Vietnam War okay. and starts the whole um, Heart, uh, Heart of Darkness style <laughs> around himself. Oh, that's good. Wow. That's um, a good use of Grodd. That's a very that's a really good episode, actually, because you've got like... Uh, Mick Rory, aka Heatwave, meeting his dad, who is sort of the reason he became a villain because of like the abuse he had when he was a kid. Yeah, and it's it's a really weirdly quite deep episode in places. Um, but also, Gorilla Grodd is there with a the compound in Vietnam. <laughs> um, they then like he then gets ended up teleported somewhere else, gets recruited by the the evil time traveling team, uh, and ends up going back in time to I forget what which decade it is, but basically he goes back in time to try and assassinate Barack Obama while he's at college. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you've basically just got Grodd uh, looming over Barack Obama, going, it's time to make America Grodd again. Oh, I love uh-huh. it. I love it. Yeah. I love that Legends is the show where the CW are just like, any idea that got raised by the writing rooms of any of our other shows that were deemed too silly, yeah. hand them off to the Legends team, because they'll do it. And yeah, which is why, yeah, again, season three has what feels like a, a throwaway episode, but does sort of weirdly loop back in where they accidentally remove Christmas from the timeline Whoops! by by leaving a like voice activated Furby style toy with the Vikings who landed in America. Right. Okay. 
<laughs> who worship it as a god. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, so anything can happen in that show. Yep, it's, I've caught a few episodes of it, and it seems pretty insane. I, yeah, I like what wonderful. I've seen, so I want to sit down and watch it all, but there's a lot of it, and there's yes. always something else to watch at the time. Yeah. But I'm going to give Supergirl a go next. It's good. I, as a, a show as a whole, I would say Flash is probably a better show, but I'm just a sucker for Melissa Benoit's Supergirl. So, awesome. and Kyla Lee as Alex, again, like I said, standout performance of that show. I've loved them all in the, in the crossover. So it's, it's all going to be good. Yep. Well, I think this segues nicely in because talking about superhero ensembles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I'm, I'm yes. late to the party cause I missed it in the cinema, but I just saw Deadpool too. Ah, Deadpool. Which what did you think? I loved it, honestly. Uh, as I was saying, um, off mic before we got started, I genuinely think mm. it's the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Cool, it's one of my favorite films for the year. So. And you know, I I said that about Deadpool, and now I'm saying it about Deadpool too. There's a consistency here. Yeah, um, I think there was a, there was a lot of worry during the the, the run up to things with Deadpool too that a bigger budget and whatnot was potentially going to like mess with, and it, it could have done yeah. so easily, but. Mm. They really kept the tone exactly where it was. And I loved going through and seeing where they wasted that bigger budget. Um, <laughs> was you watching the extended edition as well? I ooh, I honestly don't know. I'll have to check the blue, that. Because the Blu-ray, they've done... They, the extended edition is literally every deleted scene has been put back into the film. I practically. don't know. I don't know if what I watched was theatrical or extended. Um, if, if you can name a deleted scene, I can tell you if I saw it. I, I don't know, unfortunately. I've not actually seen the. I've not got the DVD, or the Blu-ray or DVD. So, uh, fair enough. Couldn't tell you off the top of my head which is which. But um, what I loved was yeah the places where they spent the money, um, which was largely uncredited appearances. Speaking of cameos, as we were. <laughs> oh yes. My favorite being the uncredited appearance of James McAvoy, Evan Peters. Chris Rivington. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ty Sheridan, Alexandra Ship, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, uh, basically the X Men <laughs> in that wonderful scene where Deadpool is reprising the joke about how it's only ever Colossus and Negasonic when he goes to the mansion. And behind him, Beast is just subtly closing the door where the X Men are all having a meeting behind him. Uh, that was my favorite waste of the bigger budget. Yeah. I like Brad Pitt's Brad cameo. Pitt's cameo yeah. was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so it's like even more self-aware than the original Deadpool, but it's in a way that never quite grates. And I don't. I mm. I think they walked that line very carefully because there isn't a minute in this film where they aren't being self-referential, breaking the fourth wall, or dropping some pop culture reference. Yes. But it never annoyed me, and I was surprised by that. That one of my favourite lines is the so dark, he's showing up from the DC universe. I, I loved it when he just got home to Vanessa and he's making excuses. Uh, spoilers from yeah. the beginning, of course. Um, and he's saying, you know, I had to save a, a load of orphan kids, and she's like, nope. And it's like, okay, I was fighting this caped asshole, and then we found out his mum's name was Martha too, and she's like, nope. <laughs> I gathered all the gluten in the world together. <laughs> And I mean, even it was making references back to the first Deadpool as well. 
Yeah. Like my my favorite one of those being when he turns up at Al's and pulls up the loose floorboard and pulls out part of the hundred kilos of cocaine hidden right next to the cure for blindness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very strange film. And um I lo- I liked it a lot more than I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. Like I knew there was going to be an X Force element here because obviously you've got Cable, Domino, um, Shatterstars in there, Zeitgeist is in there for as long as they're in there. Oh, the the interview <laughs> with the guy who played Shatterstar just going, like, he is my favorite <laughs> character. I am so looking forward to this role. But the thing is, like Shatterstar <laughs> as a character didn't last long in the comics. So I mean, yes. Um. Although I will say yes to Jenna in the chat room. I was also very sad that they fridged Vanessa. Like I said, spoilers from the beginning. But yep. again, in such... Like, I was immediately pissed off about that. Yeah. But then the credits roll with a did-they-just-do-that production. Yeah. <laughs> from, the, uh, from the people who brought you no seriously, what the fuck. That's one of the changes as well in the Blu-ray extended edition. Hmm. The the two versions of that that uh, of the the James Bond yes start opening and and the writers were credited instead of the real heroes here as they were in the first one the real villains here immediately after yeah. bridging Vanessa um so I mean it was immediately self referential I honestly I was sat there going cables in it time travels in it it'll all be fine and I genuinely thought it would be but it's not so okay. I guess they did just bridge Vanessa, which is, you know, I'm I'm not saying I've got no complaints about the film. That's one. It's yeah. kind of the only one, though. You can you can have a complaint yeah, about a film absolutely. and still, you know, really enjoy and it. I think what really made this film for me, as much as I, I loved Zazie Beetz as Domino, I think she stole oh, yeah. scenes. She was so mm. good. But the guy who the whole film hung off for me, was Julian Dennison, Firefist, Russell. Yeah, yes. he was amazing. And I, I found out since that, um, what's the name of the Taika Waititi film he's in? Uh, Hunt for the World, Hunt of, for the World of People, that's it. Ryan Reynolds yeah. basically um, wrote the character for Julian Dennison after seeing that, which yeah. is why it's essentially the same character. He's he's super, super... Uh, Popular actor in Australia and stuff. Mm. All the adv- I've seen a bunch of his adverts and stuff he's been in, and it's it's just the same guy. In every <laughs> ad- it's just him. It's just him being him, and he's great. Yep. I, I realize as well. Like I, I feel like at some point now, uh, Troy is just going to arrive out of a wall somewhere and beat the <laughs> shit out of Jack for saying for Australia. Saying Australia. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was amazing. He absolutely hung the film together. Like one of my favorite jokes in the film is the point where you realize how important he is, where Cable drops down in front of him in the prison and just goes, "Hello, Russell," and you realize he's here for Russell. He doesn't give a shit who Deadpool is. <laughs> I, I, that moment just tickled me. Question: Is is Deadpool two and eighteen? Yes. <laughs> Julian Dennison's not old enough to watch Deadpool 2. He wasn't even allowed to watch it in New Zealand, where it was an R, which means 16 or older. Yeah, because he's, he's currently yeah. 15 as, he, as of the recording. He wasn't events. even allowed to watch it in New Zealand, where it's even less harshly restricted. So, yeah, he was old <laughs> enough to be in it, not old enough to watch it in the cinema. 
Um, oh, I just I sorry I said look at his his filmography. He's currently being in uh, Godzilla vs Kong. Kong. Yep. Holy shit! <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, he was fantastic throughout, and like he gave it a genuine emotional core that just Deadpool alone couldn't because Deadpool is far too. Uh, it's not that he Deadpool has no emotional core. He's just never going to let it be sincere. If you know what I mean. He can't yeah. let it. He's he can't just, let it, exactly. Um, and the best juggernaut. Oh my God, yes. Who was a late addition to the filmmaking. Yeah. Like, um, he's, he's, Black Tom he... was going to be a much bigger part of this film originally, and then they yeah. decided... Oh, Black Tom. <laughs> you racist. <laughs> um, and then they decided not to go with that plot, not uh, to keep the, the whole Black Tom was going to be like the, the devil on Russell's shoulder and turning him to evil. I was really wondering what was in, like, until they actually did the reveal, I was like, what could, who could be in there? Mm. In the high security thing, who could be that bad? Completely forgetting the fact of X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know. Me too. I was like, ooh, ooh. Because, I mean, they're not shy about saying it's going to be important. You know, when mm. Deadpool is explaining to him, they say they keep a monster in the basement right next to a steaming bucket of foreshadowing um, <laughs> and yeah I was sat there as soon as he said that I was like okay that's going to be important who is it what is it ooh, ooh what is it and then when you just see mm. that helmet arise out of the cell you're just like oh fuck you go oh cool it's Juggernaut oh fuck it's Juggernaut <laughs> who like the first thing he does is literally rip Deadpool in half like they are not yeah. pulling punches with Juggernaut and it's like this kid has convinced Juggernaut to help him. Yeah. <laughs> I got you back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that they let Juggernaut be a person. Like, not just some raging beast like they did with the Vinnie Jones version, where he was, was barely about, was capable of say, thought. He, he had some big shoes to fill to, <laughs> you know, sort of take away that role from Vinnie Jones, because that will, you know, <laughs> Thank God. that will always be the true Juggernaut. The, uh, I'm the Juggernaut. Bitch. He didn't have a lot of lines, but oh, just a little exchange nah. between him and Russell, where Russell's like, "So you wear that helmet because your brother's always trying to read your mind." And he's, "Yeah, but he's in a wheelchair, so you know, even Stevens." <laughs> <laughs> you know who this plays the great. voice of Juggernaut, right? Yeah, no, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for fuck's sake! And his uh, his face was the motion capture for the face. Yeah. yeah, no, it was. It wasn't him. It was um. Director, I thought Ryan did the facial capture, but the director did the body capture. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're that you are right because it was like I said, they added the idea of it being Juggernaut really late in production, yeah. so they they couldn't go around a whole thing of casting, and they were like, no. "Well, we've already and, got us, let's do yeah. it." And it wasn't bad CG. No, I was really good. Uh, even yeah. when it's called out and Deadpool specifically says, huge CG fight coming up. Uh, <laughs> the fight between Juggernaut and Colossus was really good. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the extra budget goes. You know, they, they didn't spend it on flashier sets. They didn't spend it on much stunt casting. They spent it on... Uh, Colossus looked better than he did in the yeah. first one. Juggernaut looked great. Yeah. 
the fire effects for Russell looked really good. You know, they spent mm. it on the the dream sequences, the near death experiences, and that kind of you stuff. Could, yeah, you could see where it'd been used. Yeah, but they didn't break up the core of what Deadpool is like. Depinder following him around all film, just wanting to murder oh my someone God. was Depinder was amazing. <laughs> I mean, he's amazing in the first film, but oh my God! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, just to, to boil it down for people who haven't seen it and won't see it, because if you are going to see it, you probably tuned out already because we're not going easy on the spoilers. No. So Deadpool 2 is the story of Deadpool returning to action. He's gone international, as he says it himself, and become a murderer, uh, for hire. He's killed an awful lot of people, very important people. Until that comes back to haunt him as someone breaks into his home and in an attempt to murder him, murders Vanessa, the love of his life. So we open on him trying to commit suicide, which is extremely hard if you're Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. uh, complete with a little snide remark about Wolverine riding his coattails with the military service, the regeneration, and also dying in his last movie. So he's going to try and outdo Wolverine in every way, including the dying. Yeah. <laughs> which is a sort of flash-forward opening. We then go back a little in time to see how this came to be, uh, which just tells that story of uh, him pissing off the gangsters. And then he goes uh, to the X-Men mansion again, because Colossus drags him there. Dead or yeah. alive, you're coming with me. First of many Robocop references for Colossus. <laughs> And Deadpool becomes an X-Men trainee. Yeah. Briefly. With his yellow shirt. And... <laughs> Briefly. Very because briefly. his first mission is attending this orphanage where powered kids, mutant kids, are left and where Russell is having an episode. Russell being Firefist, played by Julian Dennison, as we said, awesome actor, fantastic role. Um, and when Deadpool discovers the reason for his outburst is child abuse, he outright fucking murders one of the orderlies out in the street in front of the police, the X-Men, and everyone. Yeah. But Hooray. fails to kill the um, the principal of the orphanage before he is locked in a power-suppressing collar and thrown in the icebox. Which, as Zoe said, the nice thing about the Deadpool movies existing is you get to see the other side of mutant life and why the Brotherhood of Mutants exists. Because X-Men mm. shows you that they exist, but doesn't go as deeply into the cause of why they exist as... It, it's it's sort of still the holdover of the Brotherhood of Evil Yes, mutants. exactly, whereas... Well, we're the bad guys. Here we see the icebox. We see how society treats the mutants it fears, and you sort of go, oh, yeah, I get it now. Like, there's a lot of people in this place right now who, when they escape, are going to join the Brotherhood, aren't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for good reason. And that is when Cable gets involved. Cable... This is like a Rob Liefeld movie right here, because we've got Deadpool, Cable, and Domino. <laughs> uh, Rob Liefeld, of course, famous for not being able to draw feet, as called out in this movie. Um, yep. Cable is like the ultimate Rob Liefeld character, though. Yeah. Like the, the child of powerful mutants from the future, time-traveling, cybernetically enhanced, pouch-covered murder machine. 
Robert Blayfield could. Oh, he, he he was in the comics. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love that in the film he's got a fanny pack. He he can't not have a pouch. <laughs> yeah. And he's come back to murder, not Deadpool, but Russell, who Deadpool has decided to protect. Despite the fact that with the without uh, with the collar on, I, I love it as he puts it. You know, now my superpower is unbridled cancer. Yeah, <laughs> just dying slowly, and that kicks off the the whole crazy chain of events that leads Deadpool to putting together X Force. Now, I was basically rushing through everything there because this is where Domino comes in, yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what I was just Although, accelerating. If I was recapping the film, I had it the- down on fast forward until this scene. It's, it's like it's, it's like when you have that whole sort of like early life and then the bit where it begins. Yes. It's like <laughs> yeah, the early That's film the set up. Now Domino turns. Now up. Domino turns up. It's the it's the bit of Russell that always got me is the amount of fucking shivs this kid just keeps. That's just the one. It's the same <laughs> ass pen. Is it it's the, the same, same ass, ass pen? pen? <laughs> I thought it was several in his prison I'm, pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't understand what you mean by that. I love that reply. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the same ass pen throughout. I'm pretty sure he just pretty keeps sure he, picking it back up. He tries to he tries to use it on one on someone, and I'm pretty sure it gets it breaks it. No, I think he just threw it away because he used it on Deadpool huh. and then threw it away. That's the fun yeah. thing about shivs, there, Jack, is you can't technically break a shiv. <laughs> you just turn it into more smaller shivs. <laughs> that is true. Yep, that is true. Anyway, um. Sorry, Domino. Domino, yeah. yeah, Well, X-Force in general, because X-Force is... I kind of have a love-hate relationship with X-Force, if I'm honest, from the comics, because it is dumb. Like... It's the Super Assassin League. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, (laughs) it's so Rob Liefeld. Would I be right in saying that X-Force is basically just... at its core, the original of it is basically just, we're going to do X-Men, but like edgy. Basically yes. It's the Black Ops. It's the Black Ops guys of X-Men. Less less squeaky clean. Yeah. Yeah. To put it in Overwatch terms, it is Black Watch. Yes. Right, gotcha. Uh, Because, as Colossus points out in Deadpool, like the rules of the X-Men, no killing, ever. And the X-Men decide that that's a good rule, but sometimes you need people to die so don't send the x-men send the x-force more often not logan deadpool cable uh, cable psylocke every now and again yep yep psylocke's gotten in there um warhawk oh uh warpath warpath yeah warpath sorry yeah and then every now and again they pull um Characters outside of the X verse into like it. Shatterstar. But I've, yeah, and I've seen um, Electra as one of them. That would make Once. sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or she just happened to be there when it was happening. Yeah, they may have just been oh, like ma- teaming up with her. Oh, Marrow was in X. Yes, she was. Yeah, makes for sense. A vol- for a volume or an yes. issue. She she had an appearance in X Force. Yeah. But yeah, it was basically Rob Liefeld doing what if the X Men but murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that sort of Rob Liefeld's things is just either what if this but murder or what if this 
but biceps. Yes. Uh, or or no indeed feet. both in X Force. Yeah. Um, <laughs> murder, murder by, by biceps. biceps. And and I, I liked it because to- it brought in you know a lot of the Domino stuff, a lot of the Cable stuff, a lot of cool characters and cool storylines. Terry, but it was so fucking edgy. It was so <laughs> fucking edgy. It was so try-hard edgy. Mind you, at the time, that was fine because I was a child. So I that's only <laughs> yeah, a sort of looking cool. back on it thing. I have a love-hate relationship. It was just love at the time because it was like murder. You were all Bobby You were all Bobby Liefeld's target audience. I really <laughs> was. Like looking back at Rob Liefeld's career and shit I was into in my teens, I'm like I'm not proud to admit how much Liefeld I read and enjoyed at the time, but it's it was that, a lot. It, it made you into the person you are today. Not, so, not on, its own. Not, not <laughs> on its own. Don't, no, no, don't no, give all the credit to Rob Liefeld's that. comics output. No, it was entirely, it was entirely Rob Liefeld. There's going to be at some point you're going to have a, a big battle in your life, and the ghost of Rob Liefeld will appear. That the force ghost of Rob Liefeld will appear there, despite the fact he's not fucking dead yet, and be like, "Oh, you got to do this thing," and you're like, "But Master Liefeld, I'm not ready." <laughs> I'm calling it. That's what's going to happen. So anyway, uh, Deadpool needs a team. And he puts out uh, the call for applications. Uh, well, Weasel puts out the call. Who, if there is a Deadpool 3, and there may not be, um, won't be around because TJ <laughs> Miller is no longer welcome to work with Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Uh, yeah, he got caught up in Me Too a little bit. Um, yeah. Oh. So Ryan Reynolds has quite reasonably said, if I make another Deadpool movie, I don't really want him around. So that's fair. Huh. Um, but anyway, well, shit. in come the applicants. And it's, it's an interesting lineup of comic book references. You've got Shatterstar, who, bless him, is from Mojo World. Yeah. That is not shit they made up for Deadpool 2 because it sounds funny. That is shit they made up in the 90s because it sounded I cool. fucking love Mojo World. <laughs> Why do you love Mojo World? It's just like, I, I, I am right thinking Mojo World is just, it's the, it's the giant horrifying greasy fat thing with the reality TV yeah. like, uh, planet. That's right? the yeah. one. Mojo. It's it's so quintessentially like nineties comics of just this is what's gonna happen. Reality TV will take over the world. Do you know what Mojo came back in uh, he he's back in Marvel Comics or was for an arc of Squirrel Girl? Is it What? Really? I, I know he was he was around in the Ultimates because Ultimate Mojo wasn't like an alien or a mutant or anything. He was basically just a Donald Trump XP. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a Squirrel Girl arc recently where she and a bunch of her friends went to an escape room, uh, which once it scanned them and realized they were superpowered, became an actual escape room filled with actually life-threatening deadly traps that were tailor-made uh, tailor to the power set of the people in it, huh. which was uh, confusing to them all until they revealed that Mojo was behind it, or Mojo the Second was behind it. And he had deliberately set up an escape room on Earth as a tantalizing temptation. Uh, but it was a high-tech future alternative world escape room that 
if anyone non-powered went in, was just an escape room. But if superheroes went in, it would design deadly death traps that were designed for a 50-50 outcome of life or wow. death. Because that would provide great reality TV. God damn it, Mojo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's back. But anyway, yeah, Shatterstar is, Shatterstar is from that world. And um, he did not live a very long time in the comics. Uh, then ah. there is Zeitgeist. He of the vomiting acidic bile. Who, again, did not last very long in the comics. And in the movie has a tattoo on his shoulder with the number 116. Because X-Force 116 was his first. And I forget how quickly he died, but possibly only appearance. He was not a long-lived character. Yeah. No. Uh, There is my... My uh, second favourite member of the Deadpool 2 X-Force, and that is Bedlam, as played by Yay! Terry Crews. Terry! Who, fucking yes, uh, I believe... I think when he was brought into X-Force, it was when Warren Ellis was writing some of it. I can't remember. But anyway, Bedlam, yeah, just a guy with the power to disrupt technology and electrical fields, including the ones in your head. The Vanisher, (laughs) who may or may not have been at his interview. Uh, This is another one like Negasonic, where they've changed the power set for the movie because it's a better joke. Uh, Vanisher in the comics can teleport. Vanisher in the movie is just invisible. So I fucking love when they do the helicopter drop and it's just a parachute jumping out of the helicopter on its own. <laughs> the whole, the, all of the Vanisher gags are brilliant. Um, there is also uh, Peter, who's a man with a mustache. Just, just, just a guy. Yep, just a really good mustache. Sugar bear. Um, <laughs> and then there's Domino. Zazie beats his Domino, who I once kind of based a character on for Mutants and Masterminds. Oh, yes. Chaos Chaos Theory, theory. because luck is a superpower if you have enough of it. This is a debate (laughs) she has with Deadpool immediately because Domino, from the comics, they've not had to change her to make her ridiculous. Domino's superpower is that she is lucky. That's it. It's a damn good superpower when you, like, it's essentially it God is. Mode. That's the thing. It's you can't kill her. She's too lucky. She can't miss. She's too lucky. Um, and that is what Deadpool fails to see in the interview when they have quite a protracted and childish argument about whether luck is a superpower. Yes. So off they go to rescue Russell from this armed convoy where he is being shipped out to a different supermax prison. And they parachute drop despite the high wind warning and everybody dies. All increasingly gruesome deaths. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have to admit, Shatterstars was amazing when he drifted into the blades of a helicopter waiting on a helipad and just fountained green gore everywhere. Uh, Vanisher's death is definitely the funniest, though. Bedlam gets hit by a bus. Bedlam gets hit by a bus, which was harsh. Uh, but Vanisher 
hits some electrical cables, which briefly shorts out his invisibility and reveals him to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> Fair, like two frames, two frames of Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt was shooting on Deadpool 2 for less than two hours total. Uh, wow. <laughs> he's only in it because he was in talks at one point to play Cable, uh, but couldn't do it because of filming commitments with something else, but still wanted to be in the film. So they gave him a brief wow. cameo as a dying vanisher. That's amazing. <laughs> There's loads of weird little cameos in this, like um, Matt Damon and Alan Tudyk. Yes. Turning up as just rednecks who have the misfortune <laughs> of being where Cable appears in our timeline. Yep. I didn't realize it was Alan Tudyk to begin with. And then it was like, oh, it's, it's, it's you who is in everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. And they're just there because they're there, I guess. And why yeah, not? Why not? Uh, and then Zeitgeist, of course, gets sucked into the chipper. And oh, so Peter harsh. tries to save him, but then Zeitgeist throws up acidic bile all over him. <laughs> there goes Pete's chest. And there goes Pete's chest. Uh, it's, this film is bloody. Like, they are leaning oh. into the R rating. All the while, Deadpool is, like, stuck up on a, a billboard, just going, no, yes. no. Caught up on his parachute on a billboard advertising puppet show at 11 in reference to Spinal Tap. Yeah. Uh, not the only reference to Spinal Tap in this movie. The other one being the uh, dial on Cable's gun goes up to 11. Up to 11, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so whilst this is all happening, of course, Domino has been lucky and has landed exactly where she needs to be. And we have a wonderful scene of her walking down the middle of a busy road whilst Deadpool is berating her over their radios about how luck is both not a superpower and not cinematic whilst cars swerve to avoid her, flip and explode around her as she simply calmly walks down the street. (laughs) I, yeah, I adore Zazie Beetz as Domino in this film. She sells every scene like she gets on board the truck has the fight with cable uh where she is just firing wildly trusting that luck will make the right things happen which it does it's she's an easy character to write (laughs) you just have her do whatever and it works uh so yes as i was saying uh deadpool joins the fight on the truck and recreates his uh, well i say his the character called Deadpool's appearance in X-Men Origins Wolverine, complete with spinny sword bullet blocking. <laughs> uh, except that in this film, all he does is twirl the swords whilst Cable shoots him repeatedly. Uh, because that works too <laughs> if you're the, Deadpool. He got the first bullet. He got the first bullet. That is the only one he got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, I love that that was a nice little recreation of X-Men Origins Deadpool, which was not good, and that's not the last time that character will come up in this movie. No. Also, holy shit, like, I, when you mentioned it, I went and looked up TJ Miller. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Like I said, like, no longer welcome. To, to be fair, even, even if, even without that, like, there's a potential he won't be around for the next Deadpool movie anyway. It's he possible. Might impri- he, he might be in prison for making a bomb He threat. might be, you're right, yes, when he said that someone yes. had a bomb in their bag. He had an, apparently he had an argument with someone, and so told people that she had a bomb in her in bag. an airport, uh, or it's a, a train. train was it a train? I knew it was a transit yeah. hub of some sort where they yeah, take this and, shit and tra- seriously. Yeah, uh, 
what? Yeah, so yeah. he's not going to be in the next one. I liked him. I mean, yes, as an actor. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, he can go fucking jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and, not, I'm, not, I'm not, not, not saying that. Yeah, I didn't think you like, were defending uh, him in any way. No, no. Oh, Christ, no. But no, I mean, that's, that's the annoying thing, is Weasel is a pretty good character in the films, and he does quite a good job of it. I'm just not going to compliment him in any way. No, I'm, no, I'm leaving him out of this it. because, yeah. To be honest, you could right. remove most of his scenes and it would be the same. I have to disappear, unfortunately. Oh, no. So, oh, no. Uh, but, but this is, again, all good. Do a good thing of checking the, the recording stuff works. Indeed. If someone leaves on purpose. Yes. Partway through. We are putting it through the ringer tonight. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you all for having me. So yes, as I was saying, um, what was I saying? Oh, we were talking about uh, Deadpool joining in the fight on the truck. Yes. Twirl- twirling, his, twirling his swords and not doing a very good job of it. No, no. And, and it is a protracted fight sequence. Like, There's not a lot we can say other than it's a very well done protracted fight sequence. And it ends when Domino has to find a way to slow the convoy down despite the fact its brakes have gone. Yes. So she just drives into a building. Yep. Because, hey, she's lucky. Things tend to work out for her. (laughs) Not for people around her necessarily. No. She does cause a certain amount of collateral damage as she rams this thing across roads, through buildings, off a bridge, uh, whereupon she promptly lands safely in a giant inflatable panda. (laughs) Yes. Which is is just beautiful. Like I I love the way they used her luck to make everything she did graceful and perfect, and just destroy everything around her. Yeah, <laughs> they they did it so well. And that is when the juggernaut is revealed as the the cages get wrecked and he fights his way out. So now juggernaut and Russell are off to murder the head of his orphanage. And that is when Deadpool goes and steals the cocaine. And it's a small... Baby legs. Oh, God, baby. I was getting to baby legs, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not where he gets... The... No, that was much earlier on was when he stole the cocaine, wasn't it? But I was going to say, it's one of the smallest yeah, visual... because it's the whole bit he does the, the whole... Before he kills himself. Like cloud of... The cloud of powder yes. around him. I was going to say, it's a small visual gag, but it's one of my favourite visual gags in the movie, is where he just takes this pound bag of cocaine, shoves it up inside his mask, and punches himself in the face. And there's just this puff of white powder just emerging out of his um, hood. I fucking <laughs> love that moment, I don't know why. But yeah, this is Baby Legs, which is so much worse. Where we find Deadpool full Winnie the Poohing it in just a shirt with tiny regrowing baby legs after Juggernaut has torn him in half. Complete with full basic instinct cock shot. Yeah. (laughs) That was more than I wanted to see. And this is when we get, this is when we get the backstory of why Cable is here. Yes. Because he's after Russell. They're they're all coming to uh, talk to Deadpool about going after um, Russell, Russell, and and also talking about Cable. Hence the oh, he stood right behind you, isn't he? Because <laughs> Deadpool can see that. 
and 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 yeah, that this is where Cable does his exposition, does his uh, his backstory drop, and we find out that in the future Russell has become a murdery psychopath and broke into Cable's home in much the same way the gangsters broke into Deadpool's and killed his wife and child, giving them a proper Martha moment, despite the fact they mocked the Martha moment earlier in the movie, Yeah, where despite having been antagonists, they realize that they are actually of a kind and they have more in common than separates them, and they need to work together. Because they do need an Act 3 despite the fact that uh, when they're setting up the plan for rescuing Russell from the convoy, uh, Deadpool has the whole thing mapped out in a crayon drawing, and the last step of the plan is it all goes well, no need for Act 3. Yeah. <laughs> that that crayon drawing is full of gags. This is a film that you need to have at home where you can pause it and analyse things frame by frame, uh, and then you will see that the, the DMC, the Department for Mutant Control, is illustrated as having a prisoner. The prisoner is Wolverine, and his number is... I've forgotten John Valjean's prison number. Yeah. yeah. 5401? Something on that line. Yes. So, yeah, uh, Wolverine is there with John Valjean's prisoner ID, <laughs> in reference to Jackman. Um, it's Yeah, like I said, there is not a minute in this film that doesn't go by without breaking the fourth wall or being self-referential, or dropping pop culture references. It knows what it is. It knows what it is. Uh, so they go to the Xavier Mansion to grab Colossus, bring him along for the fight, because they need to stop Juggernaut, uh, and not bring Negasonic and Yukio. Because Negasonic hates Wade. And uh, Zoe and I both love the fact that she just does. Like this yeah. isn't this isn't some this isn't teenage development. This isn't this is some just... moody pretense. She just doesn't like him, uh, and he, the thing is, he kind of likes her. Like you can tell, he's mocking her with affection. She just doesn't like him. But Yukio adores him. Hi, Yukio wait. is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we need to actually cover the fact that they're the first on-screen Marvel gay couple. Yeah, yeah, Negasonic and Yukio. And Brianna Hildebrand was very explicit that she wanted it to not be a big deal. That it be there, but it not be a huge deal. Um, it wasn't. And it's not. It's a really good depiction of a same-sex relationship. Thumbs there up, is a, there is that. There is that, that first bit where Wade's like, oh, you're with... Oh. Well, I just like the... Um, okay. Oh, you're, you're with her? And it's like... And she accuses him of being homophobic, and he's like, "Whoa, pump the hate breaks! I'm just surprised anyone would date you." Yeah, <laughs> let alone Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony. Hi, Wade. Hi, Yukio. Uh, <laughs> they are so adorable together. Um, she doesn't get a lot of lines. They're, they're mostly much... high Wade and by Wade. <laughs> yeah. And and also, I think that was a bad idea when they finally give Wade the working time travel device. Yeah. Uh, which was a terrible idea, but led to a wonderful mid credit sequence. Yes. Um, so yeah, they stay behind. Colossus comes along for the fight, because Colossus is very much part of X-Force now, apparently. Because he refuses to give up on Deadpool. 
And also they need someone to have a giant CGI fight with Juggernaut. Yes. Which is so good. Um, Deadpool gets to do his superhero landing and finds out how bad on the knees it really is. As in breaking them. As in breaking them. (laughs) (laughs) And we have the big climactic showdown as Fire Fist uh, stalks the head of the orphanage and Cable is convinced that once he gets his first kill, he will have a taste for it and the dark timeline will be set in motion. But Deadpool has argued for 30 seconds to change his mind. He gives him that 30 seconds. He gives him that 30 seconds. And to be honest, it doesn't change his mind. No. (laughs) So Cable decides Russell has to die. And Deadpool decides he absolutely mustn't. And Deadpool's sort of last ditch was to put on the collar, the power dampening collar, and stand between Russell and his target and say, you know, you'll have to kill me. Uh, And he dives in front of the bullet. And Cable, so Cable shoots Deadpool, who lies there and has the longest death scene in cinema history. (laughs) It was like, it was emotional. And then it just, it just kept going. It was was emotional. Then it was funny. Then it got emotional. Then it was emotional. (laughs) Then it was funny. Then it was annoying. And then it was over. They they found the exact line. Yeah. I mean, we've glossed over the, the, Getting thrown for the window, that kid eating cereal. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean I've glossed over a lot. There's to be honest, I'm just but giving a just, very thumbnail recap of the film. This is another one. It's just another Jackman. Let's start at Jackman. Because mm. the box of cereal has him on the front, and he yes. signs it Ryan Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have the emotional ending, uh, it, and nicely, I like the fact that the suit gets burnt up and becomes grey, which is the X Force. His X Force colours. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a nice like, touch. In the cinema, I was like, oh, yay. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I, like Equally, when he's saying that they are going to be more progressive than the X-Men, and I was like, X-Force! And then he just goes, <laughs> X-Force. Uh, <laughs> yes, which, yes, uh, as Zoe points out, I love that it's immediately criticised as being derivative, because it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, what happens to the Juggernaut? Oh, God, Yes. <laughs> It's like, fuck. <laughs> that is definitely one way to stop the juggernaut. Yeah, with a live electrical cable shoved up his ass and dropped into a swimming pool. That is... I mean, you know, the whole thing about Colossus, he is, you know, it's living metal when he transforms. Yes. And it's pretty solid stuff. Even in this, you see, like, the dent in his head. Oh, God, the head dent is amazing. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and that's like, it's one of those scenes where it's like, he cannot transform back. No. He has to stay that way until he fixes it. Otherwise, his head will real, be stoved in. That's a real bad situation. Yeah. I mean, not that in the Deadpool universe, Colossus ever seems to transform back. No, that's true. We only he, ever see him as Metal Colossus. That's true. The the eight-foot jig of metal. Who, this is the first film that Colossus has appeared in where it is referenced that he is Russian. Yes. This is the first time. And he swears. He does. It's like, oh, say fuck for me just one time. We'll say, we'll say it together. Three, two, <laughs> one, fuck. Oh, have fun in hell. Potty mouth. <laughs> Tricking Colossus into swearing. That is Deadpool's dying act. Yes. Because <laughs> he's an asshole. And 
I think yeah, that he, this he... film and the prequel, like the Deadpool films, I think what I like about them is they lean more into the unexpectedly good aspects of Deadpool as a character. Because Deadpool yeah. can be incredibly annoying. Oh, yeah. Especially when written by Rob Liefeld. <laughs> when he just does, he is just edgy. <laughs> he is just the merc with the mouth. He's an edgy, wisecracking asshole. But there is also the Deadpool who is openly pansexual and very accepting. There is also the Deadpool who will pull up the front of his mask so that Hawkeye can lip read because he's deaf. Yes. There is that Deadpool. There is the the merc there with is, a mouth and a heart of gold. There's there's it's the same Deadpool who becomes best friends with another one of the Wolverine clones. Yeah. It's there there is a heart to Deadpool in the best Deadpool stories, and these movies get that. Like the whole hook of this movie is him looking after Russell, a kid he's got nothing to do with, because well, he, Vanessa was talking about starting a family. Yeah, he hates Russell at the beginning. But he remembers Vanessa saying, children give you a chance to be more than you are. And that's kind of his whole driving motivation. Let's save this pudgy kid that I hate. <laughs> yeah, especially when he finds out the kid is heading down a dark path, and he's like, ah, shit, no, that's no fun. I know. I know that's not a good thing, because that's right. me. Um, so maybe don't be me, which is sort of his message to Russell throughout. Yeah. Um, and of course the, the end of the movie is when Cable uses the last charge on his time travel device to go back just long enough to keep that shot from killing Deadpool using a, uh, token that came up very early in the movie that was a gift to Vanessa from Deadpool that Cable stole from him. And he just tucks it into the suit where the bullet will hit. No, it was a gift from Vanessa to Deadpool. No, the gift from Vanessa was the uh, coil. Oh, right, yes, you are right. It's yep. the of, yes. He gave her the token from their first yes. date. She gave him her IUD, yes. which is not an explosive. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you are correct. And then, uh, yeah, he take obviously when she's gone, he's that's his the thing he keeps playing with. It's what he's got to remember her by. Yeah, and yeah, Cable steals it from him in the prison quite early on in the movie, but just tucks it in the suit, to stop the bullet, and suddenly Deadpool is alive, and the future is safe, but Cable is stranded. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the movie. <laughs> uh, the mid credits sequence is that Deadpool takes the. Un, a discharged time travel device gets Negasonic and Yukio to recharge it and then uses it to uh, clean up the timeline a little. First, obviously, saving Vanessa. And and that is where I thought, aha, I knew time travel would come in and save Vanessa, but how canon well, no, no, is that, that? That wasn't the first thing because it, it it plays the movie backwards. So, it, so it's like he saves uh, Peter. Oh, yes, first of all, he saves Peter. That's right. Just go home, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, say it saves Peter, uh, gets him to walk away and not get spat on by Zeitgeist. Doesn't save Shatterstar. Uh, no. Doesn't save Vanisher. Doesn't or save Bedlam. Zeitgeist or Bedlam. <laughs> does That's save just... his sugar bear, though. Yes. That's important. Uh, then goes back and saves Vanessa, um, which is what I was expecting. But then, of course, yeah. how canon can that be? Considering the next thing we see is him turning up in X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> Killing Deadpool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, killing 
a, a young, starry-eyed Ryan Reynolds as he reads the Green Lantern script and congratulates himself on finally making it to the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Vanessa's not going to be saved, because that strikes me as more a series of gags than actual canon. I, who knows? Well, really? I... Yeah. She's pretty much got to stay dead because, as yeah. Zoe points out, the whole the whole timeline resets and Russell goes evil because Deadpool never meets him, and yeah. uh, also Deadpool is happens, no longer yeah. free to uh, be a pansexual example to us all uh, yeah. if he's actually in a monogamous a monogamous relationship. Not that being in the relationship denies his sexuality; it's just that he flirts with a lot of guys in this movie. And eight yeah. flirted in the first one, let's be fair, but he is now That's free true. to act on it in future movies, which is important. We, f- we forgot. Dependa. And Dependa, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Dependa, the taxi driver from the first movie, still Deadpool's his, driver. His arc in this is amazing. <laughs> yes, he originally wants to join X-Force, uh, but is told he can't because he has no powers. Uh, he is cleaning up in the room when Peter comes in and admits he has no powers, just a fine mustache, and he saw the advert. And when Deadpool accepts him in the team, he's just Defender throwing all the boxes on the ground and going, Motherfucker! It's like the reason he wants to kill someone is because of when he put his what was it, his his cousin or something in his in the boot of his taxi mm. in the first film. Yep. It's like he got a taste for blood. He's just got a thirst for it now and he wants to bathe in the blood of his enemies for Deadpool. <laughs> and something, and something, and then uh, after what happened with him getting ripped in half, he's kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. <laughs> and then by the end of the film, he he kills the principal. He kills the principal of the orphanage. Yes, of course. He throws him over his car <laughs> with the taxi. Yeah. He's like, yeah, bitch. Whilst Deadpool is distracting him with the whole speech about how they shouldn't kill him uh, because he could hear Dupinder coming and wanted him to have his shot. <laughs> That's a good idea, Mrs. He could be the new weasel. He could be. He could be the guy who is like is he, Deadpool's fixer and sorter. He is working in the bar for Weasel in yeah, the film. Yeah. So, however, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is on record as saying there is unlikely to be a Deadpool three. No. Which brings us on to the the other thing I wanted to talk about tonight. Other than how good Deadpool two is, and we haven't touched on most of the hilarious stuff in there like it's you can't detail the jokes because as i said there isn't a minute that passes without one no there was always something happening it is constant it is a a throwaway line whether it's a background interaction whether it's just even the music has moments in it makes you go huh that's a reference oh god skrillex is bangerang turning up when when deadpool (laughs) finds out cables from the future and is like i only have is it three questions is dubstep still popular? When do audiences finally get over robot arms? And oh, what was the third? Uh, but anyway. Something about Thanos, wasn't it? No, I don't think it was about Thanos, although he did call Cable did. Thanos at one point. Because, yeah, of course, Josh Brolin is pulling double duty with Marvel at the moment, playing both characters. Yeah. Ashes. And I, I just loved the... Um, yeah, Ash is the is that Celine Dion when Deadpool yes. turns up in the music video? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Bangarang turning up. I also loved his reference to Cable um, 
as you know, describing him and saying, you know, moody looking cyborg guy, five foot ten, not like in the comics. Yeah. Because <laughs> the one thing Josh Brolin hasn't got going for him is the height. No. <laughs> Everything else, spot on. Also, Cable, um, throughout the film, Cable seems to be aware of Deadpool breaking the fourth wall and no other character is. Yeah. Which is a fun touch. I mean, Cable's story is slightly different from the comics. Oh, yeah. I mean... Something, but it, it works. Yeah. They, there's a few changes, like the origin of X-Force is hugely different than it was in the yes. comics. But, yeah, that's true. But the changes are made for the right effect yes. in, in the Deadpool movies, I think. You can tell, like, because Ryan Reynolds is so deeply involved in the creative side of this movie, like writing uh, influence over the direction as well, like it is a labor of love for the guy. He yeah. adores this character in this universe. There is there is probably nobody better to play this character. No, no, absolutely. He, it's just Ryan Reynolds is that is Wade and Deadpool. He is this person. If you know, he gets lost in the character for sure. It, from the first film, you know, they finished, they wrapped on the filming, and they're like, right, we need the costume back. He's like, uh, no, <laughs> I've waited this long to be this character. I'm taking the costume. Uh, yeah, and the the passion comes through. Like every part of it is the reason the references I think don't get annoying or bothersome is they are the references made by someone who has a passion for the material. They're yes. not pop culture references for the sake of pop culture references, a la say no. Family Guy. They yeah. are okay. Here's his zeitgeist. So we're gonna put give him a tattoo of his first comic book appearance because I know what that is. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna have you know references to Liefeld stuff with the pouches and the feet and the stuff the audience is gonna be thinking anyway, and I think that's why it works. Yeah, <laughs> I generally felt bad for Terry Crews though. I know because <laughs> he was so excited, he was so stoked to be a hero in a movie, and then he gets hit by a bus immediately. But I think in the flip side of that, he actually loved that idea. Oh yeah, no, he said it's yeah. like yeah. it had to happen because the the payoff of the joke is so good. Yeah, but at the same time, what a troll to him and the audience. He got to be a superhero for a while, <laughs> briefly, very briefly. Like you know, he got to be in the Marvel. Like, he, he's so a well. Marvel superhero, no question yeah. about it, because Disney have bought Fox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is. Let's, uh... Huh. So let's talk about that. Shall we? Two comments I've made in this podcast that are related. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has said there probably won't be a Deadpool three. Disney have bought Fox. Yeah, Let, let's crush those together. So Fox obviously owned Deadpool, mm-hmm. and uh, Disney now own Fox, yep. which means Disney owns Deadpool, which makes sense because Disney owned Marvel and Deadpool is a Marvel yep. character. So great, Marvel have control of Deadpool back, right? Except that that means that it all comes under the creative control of Kevin Feige, who he's making family movies. Yeah. Deadpool is, despite Wade's assurance repeatedly throughout Deadpool 2 that it is a family film, yeah. it is not a family film. Like, it is so not a family film, one of the cast members can't watch it in the cinema. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. So... Is there going to be any enthusiasm from Disney slash Marvel Studios to make a Deadpool 3? Probably not. Uh, there there will be I mean, X-Force it, movies. Like, 
Yes. Contracts need to be fulfilled, and Josh Brolin is actually contracted to do more films as Cable anyway. Yeah. So he'll appear in the X Men probably, and, and and you know Ryan will give any chance to play Devil. Yes, so for sure, even if he has to tone it, even if he has to tone it down, he'll be like he'll just be more witty, more witty, yeah, rather yeah. than violent. So we he be like Deadpool in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, cartoon Deadpool isn't bad. No. Um, so I expect maybe an X Force movie because you can do that more family friendly. Like uh, mm. you could have the banter between Wade and Domino uh, without the ultra violence. I mean, Domino just on her own can avoid a lot of violence in the plot. Yeah, <laughs> like things just don't have to happen because she's around. Uh, but it's going to be a difference. Yes. And this is, it's a bit of a down ending to the podcast because this isn't just going to affect Deadpool. And this is one of my problems with Disney buying Fox. So there are only so many months in the year. And studios tend not to enjoy competing with themselves. No. So the more big studios that there are, the more films get made because they do like competing with each other. Yes. So the more filmmakers get a shot the more scripts get produced with one down. Like we've already seen Marvel starting to close down production on a bunch of Fox stuff that was going to be made and now isn't. Uh, oh. Yeah. Um, I believe the next alien movie, for example. What? Really? I believe so. Let me just double check this. Because uh, I heard rumors about that. I cannot 100% confirm it right now. Sure. But basically, anything that's not tentpole budget uh, return is at risk. You know, if it's not something that returns, you know, three quarters of a billion dollars, maybe they won't make it. Because they don't need to. They've got Star Wars. They've got the Marvel Universe. They've got the bits they wanted from Fox. They've got Disney. And they've got yeah. Disney. So yeah. they don't need to make anything other than the big tentpole movies. So you look at, I mean, I'm not necessarily the hugest fan of Fox movies, but they did no. make Love, Simon. Uh, they're making Battle Angel Alita. Yeah. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody for all its trouble. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the way they've decided to portray Freddy in that film, no, but it wouldn't no. be made at all now, probably. That's true. Yeah. So this is a... It's a problem, I think. Like, if Disney had bought the rights to their characters back from Fox, I'd say, hooray! As they've bought it as a whole. As they've bought it as a whole, will we see another Fight Club? Will we see more Alien movies? Will we see more Predator movies? Are these things at risk now? Because they don't need another tentpole franchise. Mm. They've got them. It kills competition rather than saying, you know, you've got a, a bigger studio owning these great properties. What you've got is less competition in the market. It's coming closer to a monopoly, and that's a bad thing for us. Shape of Water, right? Phenomenally successful. Yeah. Would it have been made under the Disney-owned Fox regime? Probably not. Probably not. 
So this is my concern. Because the current market had just enough competition where a film like Deadpool could get made. The original Deadpool. The, yeah. the low-budget, passion project, Ryan Reynolds-led, I'm going to do an R-rated superhero movie that everyone thinks is a terrible idea and make it work. And, yeah, yeah like, Phil has summed it up yeah. in the chat room. This That's a brilliant analogy. This is yeah. EA buying a smaller studio. This is EA buying Bioware. Yeah. That's not a good thing. That didn't end I mean, well. I mean, Christ, look at what, look at what they're doing to, to their AAA titles anyway. Mm. They're just, they're, yeah, I guess the difference here yeah. is if EA were making good games, this would be EA yeah. buying Bioware. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> so it's not quite that bad. But it's the same. It's the same problem. Big studio buys little as well, <laughs> buys another big studio in this case. Yes, but yeah. the market was there for both of them to compete against each other because they both had an interest in competing. Now, mm. now that competition incentive goes away. So enjoy Deadpool two because you probably won't see many low budget superhero movies now. No. Now that you've I mean, who, got DC entirely owned under Warner and Marvel like almost entirely owned under Disney. Like who's left? Was that Sony? Sony. Sony Warner. still have Spider Man, but Sony are working super close with Marvel, so yeah. they're basically Marvel movies at this point. Yeah. But yeah, in terms yeah. of movie studios, it's like Sony Warner, um Disney, Universal. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, pretty much. Because any of the other studios you see generally are already under the Disney umbrella. Or, or one of the other umbrellas. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, it, it's insane when you start to look at how many different studios are Disney. Yeah. Like, Miramax are Disney. Yeah. Which always surprises me because Miramax put out the movies Disney probably don't want you to think are Disney movies. The first Disney acquisitions really changed. Yes. And and that's what I'm saying, is uh, being acquired by Disney does change a studio. Yeah. Uh, so Fox is going to change. And, I mean, Fox has had its problems being part of the Fox group. Yes. But... I, like as a film studio, it's it's done a lot of stuff uh, that was riskier, a lot of stuff that was interesting, and that is what I'm scared we're going to lose here. Uh, and I'm just not a fan ever of celebrating a reduction in competition in a marketplace, you know? Yeah. Especially one where, as we said, there's like four or five players. So if you reduce... I mean- if you take one out, that's like a 20% reduction in the amount of competition. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the future will hold, really? I mean... Well, I think we, we can be confident what, we'll happen, see yeah. more X-Men. Yes. I think that's safe. I mean, MCU X-Men stuff? Yeah. They own it that'd now. That'd be pretty cool. They own it now. I mean... We, we can well, be reasonably well. sure they'll take another crack at the Fantastic Four. Yes, considering they are now coming back to comic books this month. Yeah. Which, sort of, like, I'm not saying that all the rumours about the Fantastic Four and the X-Men getting the shit heel in comics until Fox sold them back to Marvel uh, was true. I'm just saying they are coming back. 
I'll say Draw it. your own it's conclusions. <laughs> I'll fucking say it. Yeah, it was true. I mean, fuck. Uh, so they got shit on so hard. Uh, Lionsgate is a good example of a studio that belongs to a studio because uh, it's come up in the chat room. Mrs. Irish mm. has mentioned Lionsgate, and I'm pretty sure Lionsgate Films is owned by it's, it's Sony. Uh, Or are they one of the few indies left? They might actually be one of the few independents left. I can't find oh. a reference to their owner. Fair enough. Hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, indep- yeah, Netflix has become a quite big competitor for its self-made movies now as well. So. That is true. Like Netflix are making their own stuff. Um, there, there is competition, but. Netflix stuff by definition won't get theatrical release and like with things like Netflix already threatening the cinema that's part of my concern rather than part of the the help yeah <laughs> no looking at it yeah Lionsgate are still by themselves yep Paramount they are listed on Wikipedia as the largest and most successful mini major studio so they're not <laughs> they're not counted as one of the big players because they don't make that many films uh, in comparison to someone like Warner or Universal or or Disney especially Uh, but they do tend to make good stuff so maybe this opens a hole in the market for another Lionsgate oh yeah I forgot they exist as a company Paramount Pictures yep yep they're still they're still uh, by themselves not part of a grand hole Again, they don't do an enormous amount. No. Um, and I thought they were part of Viacom. They are part of Viacom. Yes. Yeah. So they, they are part yeah. of a, a larger umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not Disney. They're not Fox, uh, Sony. They're not. No, no, that's, Warner, that's fair. They, they are. No, because Viacom are mostly TV. Rather than movies, yeah. uh, that's... and they got DreamWorks in under their umbrella. Yep, that's true. So yeah, and they do a lot of work with Netflix, so CBS. But yes, that was just something I wanted yeah. to mention in light of Deadpool two and how good it is, and the reason it's good, uh, or one of the reasons it's so good, is because it is free of the constraints of the MCU. It is something that Ryan Reynolds can make however he wants with as much violence as he wants, as many references to as many properties. Like it's referencing the MCU. It's referencing DC. It's generous and constant with its references outside of the cinematic world. A lot of those things are what made it so refreshing along with the fact it's just very well written and very well put together. Um, Yep rather than being locked into either corporate template, whether it's the DC or the Marvel template. And uh, I don't see that happening again. I think that that lightning has been bottled twice, but I think they've run out of bottles now that Marvel own it. Yeah. If there are bottles, they're cracked. Yep. 
But Deadpool 2 itself, fantastic. One of, one of my favourite films for the year. So good. Uh, we, when we get around to doing the, the year roundup later on, we'll do, that'll be up. For you, yes. For me, yes. For Kyrie, not so much. (laughs) Although, strange enough, through this, they've been pretty... He seemed very to like the film quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. It was was like when we were talking about... uh, Was it Batman v Superman? Which is not good. Uh, What film was it we were talking about? There was something we were talking about with Rob, and suddenly Rob and Jack by the end of it were like... Actually, we like this film. I think that might have been Batman v Superman. Yeah, I, I, I didn't bit, I like just, it, but no, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I was neither. I was like, I didn't dislike it. I didn't think it was amazing. It's like it's so it's it, it's a film in the middle. It, yeah, it, it's a film. It's watchable. It's a DC. It's a DC live action film. DC don't do live action. <laughs> no, only Wonder Woman so far. Thinking, and I've still not seen that. We own it. <laughs> I just haven't got around. You to really it. should. It's actually yeah. It's one of my favourite superhero movies. It yeah. does not I, feel like a DC movie in any way. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Aquaman trailer and the Shazam trailer... Suggest they've learnt a little something from Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I hope Hopefully. that's true. Uh, even yeah. if the lesson is don't let Zack Snyder direct. Yeah. That's a good lesson. <laughs> that's On its own, that will improve a film significantly. And hopefully that will make the the future of the DCU turn out better. Yeah, well, I mean, we're now entering into the era where we're going to start to see the fruits of Jeff Johns' labour, who was one of the creative directors at DC Comics and has a long history of writing for them, uh, did a lot of writing on Green Lantern recently, that sort of thing. Uh, but he uh, transitioned recently to sort of become the Kevin Feige of DC movies. Oh, because. Okay. I think there was some acknowledgement at the higher levels that they were not doing well. And really? Yeah, shockingly. Oh. So Jeff John sort of went to take on the Feige role of trying to wrangle the DCEU into something watchable. Yes. And I think we're now starting to see the first few films coming out since that happened, uh, which for me makes sense as to why they feel so different in their trailers. Like mm. very different feeling from yeah. You look at the Snyder eras, the Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, Justice League, and the trailers all have that same kind of bombastic feel. Fucking grim, dark over here. And then you look at Aquaman, you look at um, Wonder Woman, you look at uh, Shazam. Shazam. Yes, these do not feel the same. These no. feel like their own things, and that's only to be a blessing. Because at least if you try different things in each movie, even if they don't all work, one of them might. But if you stick with the Zack Snyder model, they're all going to fail. Yeah. Because <laughs> even Suicide Squad wasn't a Zack Snyder movie, but it was a quotes-unquote Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, we get it. Batman is, you know, his whole bit is, I'm grim, I'm dark. Well, yeah, but actually the very best Batman isn't. You look at Batman the Animated Series and it's a Batman who believes in rehabilitation, second chances, and the good in people. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it makes me so angry that uh, since Nolan came along... (laughs) Yeah, he has to be... They've had to make him seem gritty and dark. And then it's like, then you see what they did to Superman. Superman's meant to be... 
you know, the Wonder Boy. Yeah. He's meant to be the Boy Scout. The sh- yeah, and it's like I don't I have a problem mind. with Man of Steel. I I will no, defend I liked that Man of Steel film a lot. I will yeah. defend that film vehemently because it is not a Superman movie, not in title, not nope. in intent. No, nope. it is the prequel to Superman. It ends yes. with Clark realizing who Superman is, and yes. I liked that as a film. Uh, what I didn't like was th- what followed, <laughs> the rest no. of it, because um, he didn't seem to have learned that lesson in the next movie. I've not seen Justice League, so I can't really say much about it. I have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I regret <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, poor cyborg. Um, what did they do to you? Uh, he's one of the best characters. I know, I know. And and in a couple of scenes, he's one of the best characters, but his personality changes wildly from scene to scene, depending on what version of cyborg they need for this scene. Oh, Christ. Do they need the grumpy former jock for this scene? Then he'll be that. Do they need the analytical cyborg for this scene? Then he'll be that. Do they need the optimistic team spirit rousing cyborg for this scene? He'll be that. There's no journey from one to the other, and he sort of flips back and forth between them depending on the scene. So there's there's no coherent character development. There's just cyborg has these facets, and we will dial down on one of them per scene. Oh. <laughs> I hate that about that film because cyborg's great, and this is and this is why I like meatball party cyborg. <laughs> Yeah. The I want a dog for a hand cyborg. It's a good cyborg. Like Zoe and I sat there during watching Justice League and just spitballed a pitch for a cyborg movie they could have done as a prequel to Justice League. Yeah. Because right. I hate the fact that DC rushed straight to Justice League. They they looked at Marvel. They should have built it up a bit more. And the success of Avengers. And what they missed was the fact that Avengers was built on the back of a lot of individual films that introduced us to characters and concepts. Yep. And if they'd yep. done a cyborg film, well, that could have introduced us to the character of cyborg, which I think an awful lot of movie-going public needed. Yep. Uh, the origins of the mother box, yep. which is something they just throw into Justice League and expect you to either know what it is or not care what it is, despite the fact oh. it is crucial to the movie. Uh. And via the mother box, they could have even teased the existence of parademons and all of that without it being part of the film they could have teased it in that in the same way that they teased the infinity gems for so long you know yes um and that would have they would have had a developed character rather than trying to just short on his origin story into a, a f plot of justice league and if they'd given everyone, if Aquaman movie had come before, if the Cyborg movie had come before, then Justice League might not have been the horrific mess it was of characters that we knew nothing about, unless you're familiar with the external universe, obviously. But as just in the context of the film, we know nothing about concepts that have never been mentioned or just getting thrown into this one huge kaleidoscope noise machine of a film. And yeah, it felt like they were trying to skip to Avengers without doing the individual movies first. It's one of those things of why should we care about this character? Yeah, there's mm. no reason, no no reason at all. Especially when you're not giving them proper character development, even within this movie. Not good. Not good at all. 
No, Cyborg was there because of the mother box. Yeah. Like, it, he felt like a plot device, not a character in, at a yeah. lot of times. This is why I like the DC animated universe stuff better. It's got a better continuity, and it yep. takes its time to explain its characters and concepts. They did this, ex- you know, with, uh, was it Justice League War? They did, this, did, did the exact same story. Yeah. For the exact same amount of time. <laughs> And got more information in there yep. than from what sounds of it, the entirety of this movie had at all. Having seen War and Justice League, yes, War, War does it better. Yeah, and you know this is why I've, I'm always on the mindset of DC. Just stop trying with the live action, just or at least you know with with the new stuff. It could get better. Yeah, hopefully. But, but just up yeah. the game on the um, animated stuff and give it theatrical releases. It's like, guys, your animated stuff is amazing. The fact that, the, you know, is that the fact that you put Teen Titans Go to the movies out as a theatrical release. More of that, should please. Be, yeah. It's <laughs> like, this should be the step you're going with. Christ, you've got, uh, you've got your uh, grown-up Teen Titans in that. Yeah. And that's... You know, Young Justice. One Young of the Justice finest, could make such a good film. One of the finest TV shows, animated shows that are out there. And it's it's what Titans wants to be. It is, yeah. And it's not going to be. No. It's going to go too dark and edgy. Yeah. And, and Christ, Young Justice is dark and edgy as it is. But true. It's like, fuck. The stuff <laughs> that happens to them in there is horrendous. But at least we're going to finally get a third season to finish it all off. Phil in the channel says, bring back the Timverse, and I half agree. Uh, yes. Uh, only bring it back if you can bring back Paul Dini. Paul Dini is no longer working with DC, and without Paul Dini, the Timverse is not the Timverse. It's no. called the Timverse because he defined the look, but Paul Dini defined the writing, and without yes. both of them, don't bring it back. Because we've seen what happens Tim. when Bruce Tim writes. Yes. We've mentioned it on the show before. Don't let Bruce Tim write that. anything. <laughs> It'll all get really creepy about Barbara. Because he has a uh, thing. Anyway, I don't yes. want to go into that again. No. What I want to do <laughs> is say thank you for listening. Yes, indeed. Uh, you can watch us, well, watch me and listen to us as we make this show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. GMT on twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared. You can follow us on Twitter at Unprepared Show. You can find us on the internet at dangerouslyunprepared.com where you can submit suggestions for show ideas. You can chat to us. You can find us on Facebook. You can chat to us on Facebook where we are Dangerously Unprepared. You can get in touch in a myriad of ways. And please do. We love hearing from you. Uh, Discord. Discord. We We have a Discord. If you go to the Twitch channel or I believe the Facebook, you can find a link to the Discord server where you can join and chat with us throughout the weeks. Please do. Please do. And thank you to Shaded Sprite, who has. Uh, everyone yes. else is also welcome. This is... And Mrs. Irish as well. <laughs> yes, and Mrs. Irish. I mean, I know I know she's Mrs. Irish, so it's kind of like a given. But yep. She's sort of her. sort of part she of the family. Tend, yeah, she doesn't tend to do this kind of stuff, so it's just like, ooh, yes. Uh, so, come, yes, talk. come, interact with us. And even if you don't, thank you for listening. Yes, we indeed. always appreciate it, and we hope you have enjoyed... You have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon. And I have been Jack. Goodbye.
there was also Kyrie. There was also Kyrie. Kyrie was Kyrie. Bye. Bye.